Welcome, guys, gals, and non-binary pals. Why do they hate Miranda? You're listening to I Couldn't Help But Podcast. Carrie is the fucking worst. An unofficial Sex in the City podcast. Hosted by Joe Daniel Montalongo and Paige Clarno. Charlotte, shut the fuck up. Sick. Hello, everybody. Uh, welcome to another uh, guest um, episode. I have Sophie with me. Um, Sophie, uh, I didn't know if you wanted to do your last name or not. <laughs> I, if you I could be, to be cool, like pink. Just, yeah. Just Sophie. <laughs> just Sophie. <laughs> um, so, Sophie, what is, um, like, tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. <laughs> so, my name is Sophie. <laughs> I guess I could tell you my last name, Molar, like the tooth. <laughs> um, I let's see. I'm a bat. I was born in Boston, Mass. No, I was kidding. <laughs> um, I so I live in Reno now. I am originally from the East Coast, but um, floated out here about a decade ago and got into the world of nonprofits just recently with all the COVID happenings, and now I'm working in the world of eyeballs optometry which is interesting but i'm still working part-time for reps for recovery so i do want to give them a little shout out um because they're pretty great we give free workouts and members gym memberships to people seeking a sober lifestyle so check out reps for recovery but um that's me i have two dogs and i was gonna say a cat but that's not true it just sounded like the right thing to say (laughs) so i have two dogs and yeah yeah you'll, you'll probably hear hemi going around a little while one of the doggos is he right there hi buddy yes and his heavy <laughs> heavy breathing his super heavy breathing how you know he shows love yes it's because he was watching sex in the city so now it's extra heavy breathing yes, now he's super excited <laughs> um and then Sophie, how do you identify i am a hershey <laughs> hershey <laughs> a she her is that all the things yeah. I think so. Are you, so what are, what I'm, would you say that you are straight? I'm straight, uh, yes. Okay. Yes, puppy. <laughs> I'm a her, she straight. <laughs> straight. And you're in a relationship right now? I am, I am in the beginnings of a relationship, the, yes. That's my favorite part. Yes, <laughs> this yes. Is where everything's super exciting and you can it look is. forward to everything and you haven't seen their warts yet. <laughs> yeah, you can hear me smiling probably, but yeah, it is, it is the fun part for yeah. you. Hopefully it will stay fun. Yeah. Forever and ever. <laughs> um, and then what is your relationship to Sex in the City? My relationship to Sex in the City has always been, a, I've always been a super fan. I used to watch it when it first came out with my mom, like when you actually had to wait for episodes, you yes. know, like on HBO. <laughs> um, and so we got into it when it first came out. And then we kind of resurrected it when I moved out here and was living with my North Dakota roommates. Shout out to Tracy and Holly. And we got the the disc set, and we used to watch them pretty religiously as our go-to, still before Netflix. Right. Um, and then, yeah, and here we are again. I love Sex of the City. Yay. That's so exciting. So we are um, recapping Season 6, Part A, uh, Episode 8, The Catch. Uh, so the really terrible synopsis from our little book um, <laughs> is an assignment sends Carrie to explore the newest pastime for singles in New York. 
Meanwhile, Miranda finds herself hiding under her bed from Steve. So very, very limited amount of what actually happened during this. But I love that it's the newest pastime for singles in New York to do the trapeze. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't think that's true, but okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, um, yeah, it is, since you are guest hosting with me, you can decide who we want to start with. I would say, hmm, well, since the episode kind of revolved around Charlotte, I would say let's go go so Charlotte first. Cool. Yeah. So, yeah, Charlotte starts out the episode doing her engagement photos with Harry who hilariously points out that uh, it is unnatural for him to be sitting on a rock in Central Park <laughs> in a suit, which is accurate. <laughs> um, but she has her wedding this episode, which is really super cute and full of a lot of uh, Jewish puns, which I should be upset about, but really it's pretty funny. So. <laughs> um, so what were your thoughts on what Charlotte's journey was this episode? Oh, Charlotte, you always have such a soft spot, or at least I do, for Charlotte and kind of her naivete, but also that, that innocence and her belief in in love and romance and how even those of us who have that uber super belief in love and romance still go through a hard time so charlotte's been through a lot to get to you know her her life with harry and she's still charlotte she wants everything to be perfect right so that journey starts with her wanting that perfection and i gotta give a shout out to harry he is just He's a saint. My gosh. He's the most unproblematic character of the entire show, I feel. He's just, everybody everybody needs a Harry in their life. You know, whatever that, whatever form that takes, everyone needs a Harry. Mm but yeah, so Charlotte, you know, she wants the pictures. She wants the she wants the article in the New York Times. She wants yep. the the perfect dress. She wants it all in that very linear linear process. And I think what Charlotte teaches us in this is that expectation and linear processes aren't always aren't always reality. And <laughs> right. you know, when it comes to love, you know, it, it's about who loves us just as we are. So I think by the end of the episode, you know, I love that little pep talk that mm-hmm. Carrie gives. And, you know, Carrie tells her, I wrote it down here, which is Yeah, said. she says, I would love to find a man who would catch me. Oh, my gosh. It's so <laughs> sweet. And Harry does that for Charlotte. So mm-hmm. finally, you know, Charlotte gives in to that to that messy love of this is what it's going to be. It's not always going to be perfect. And maybe Mm -hmm. it's perfect because of that imperfection, you know? Yeah. And I think Charlotte definitely has a problem with perfection um, to an insane degree (laughs) where she really just wants everything to be perfect. And there is literally no way for everything to be perfect, especially not like the, the girls are in their thirties. So they're definitely running into guys that have their own, baggage yes like their stuff yeah you know and i mean we say that like older people have baggage but like younger people have baggage too and i think the term baggage i think of this a lot now that i'm gonna be 37 in in august or i guess it is august i'm gonna be 37 <laughs> now <laughs> but um it's just stuff it's not even you know that we're carrying loads and loads of things it just becomes our story so mm-hmm. we all have a story by the time we get older and like you said even mm-hmm. in our early 20s you know we're we're all wired a little different we have different mm-hmm. upbringings charlotte definitely has a she she fancy upbringing that uh you know maybe contributes to some of it. not that yeah. you know but you know maybe a little compulsivity mm-hmm. yeah she's <laughs> such a compulsive disorder <laughs> she is also she's just like 
a modern day Southern belle to me where yeah. things have to be a certain way yes. and there's society expectations. Yes. And uh, like even the idea of having your picture in the New York Times section is so antiquated now. Yes. Yeah. Where it's like, God, that was a thing it where we wanted to get thing. in the newspaper. Yeah. And she wants to get in the newspaper for what was in like olden times said to be the only time when a woman could be in a newspaper right. for her birth, her right. marriage and her death. Yes. <laughs> and so she puts so much onto that. Hmm. I wonder what, oh, sorry. No, go ahead. <laughs> I was going to say, I wonder what Charlotte would think of social media now, you know, what she would, yeah. you know, would she, she be an she, Instagram celebrity? She would be Instagramming <laughs> obsessively. It would be her like better homes and gardens, like yeah. photo oh, spread. Pinterest. Yeah. Charlotte would be a Pinterest yes, yeah, for yeah. sure. <laughs> um, but I thought, like, I and I understand what it's like to like want to have everything perfect for your wedding because you work so hard at it. But at the same time, like, I feel like the best wedding advice I was ever given was someone telling me, "Listen, there is going to be one thing that goes horribly wrong, mm-hmm. and as long as you just accept that, the rest of the day is going to be great." Right, and like, then you have a story because yeah. how boring would a wedding be without a story? Right, you know, it, yeah, you know, it, that's what makes that that juicy history. You know, and when people ask about your wedding and your story, they get to share mm-hmm. those messy pieces. Yeah, you know? and all the stuff that gets planned, like her dress is beautiful yes <laughs> even though she gets upset that harry sees her in it before the wedding yes and yes like there there just is always one thing that gets that just goes horrifically wrong but she had like eight things <laughs> I, she had a lot of things yeah you know? but uh you know there were a lot of things that goes right or that go right and i think mm-hmm. the most right thing is is her husband yeah you know? she's marrying the right guy and that's yeah. the most important part yeah i did appreciate too the other thing that carrie said to her was that you're missing it right mm-hmm. so sometimes we get wrapped up in all this superficiality and and that perfection that expectation of something going a certain way and then we miss the connection, mm-hmm. you know. So I think I, I like that little moment where she finally surrenders to to the mess, you know, yeah. and, and the kind of the silliness and randomness of all the the kind of the wrong things and quotes that are happening. Yeah, <laughs> all the wrong things that happen. It's so sad, but it's it's true though. Like yes. we, I know I'm very future oriented. Yes, and so I am always looking. That was the one thing that was the hardest for me for this pandemic. Is it's like there is no future. Mm. We don't know what's going to happen. We yeah. can't anticipate or like look forward to anything right now because we yeah. have no idea when it's going to be over, and everything else is piling down on top of it. That yes. you're like, I, this needs to stop. Like, <laughs> life needs to stop right now. Yes. Like, there was, um, there was a, a tweet that I retweeted the other day that was like, when I say when this is all over, I don't mean COVID anymore. I mean society. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you know, I think, you know, it's a good practice right now. I think humans, we have, not to go way off topic, but we have a hard time being in a limbo space and mm-hmm. that in-between space without answers and you know, as cheese ball as it sounds and as cliche as it sounds, you know, it's a great practice of literally, you know, living in that in a moment because mm-hmm. we don't really know what's going ahead or, you know, and what's been happening behind us. You know, it's it is this kind of limbo lingering space, you know, mm-hmm. and if we can kind of enjoy the moments, you know, kind of get to the lake, hang out with friends right. doing podcasts yeah. and have some breakfast and, yeah. you know, trying to find those, those small moments of joy, 
Um, it's hard not to future trip, of course, but mm-hmm. ooh, yeah, back to Charlotte. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not sure how she would be doing right now. I think it'd be really tough for her. Charlotte would be having a very yeah. hard time right now, yeah. for sure. Yeah. But yeah, so who um, are, do you have any final thoughts on Charlotte? I, Charlotte, I just, like I said, I always have a soft spot for Charlotte. I know that some people, you know, probably see her as really conservative in her, in her kind of life approach, but she just has such a, an innocence and, and naivety to her. But she's also very smart in the sense of being very book smart. And she works in all those galleries. But um, mm-hmm. I think she keeps that hope of romance alive for us. And that's kind of what the whole show is about, right? Mm-hmm. You know, of, yeah. of those dynamics of, of sex and romance and what's that balance. So I, I like Charlotte because... You know, she's she's a believer, man. Yeah. You know, she's she definitely the romantic. For sure. She's a believer, and we all want to believe with Charlotte. You yes, know, yes, for sure. <laughs> and yeah, I feel the same way. Charlotte is always like a great touchstone for like what we want in our lives, like the fairy tale. Yeah, of, of yes. everything, but every like all the other girls are all like the realities yes. of different situations and that being said with charlotte i think um because she's this hopeful being you know that you actually feel for her i remember crying a lot watching the show when when charlotte (laughs) you know had these real life moments of when her first marriage ends or Mm -hmm. they can't have the baby right and you know those it it almost devastates you a little bit more when it's somebody who has this this true belief in things working out a certain way and, and how things should be. So, I like I said, Charlotte, <laughs> Charlotte you're cool. Great. <laughs> Who do you want to move in in with? I would, let's go to Miranda. Okay. Yeah. Miranda is definitely like inside. I'm Charlotte, but outside I'm oh, Miranda. Uh, yeah. I'm absolutely a Miranda. Um, <laughs> Miranda is struggling with the fact that Steve is dating somebody else Ooh. who is. Um, I feel like they deliberately made her a Jersey girl to make her seem less educated and less, like, experienced than Miranda. (laughs) And so, like, all I could think was that, like, Miranda's sitting here going, I am a New York lawyer, and she's just a bridge and tunnel girl. She's (laughs) a fun girl, you know? Because, God forbid, we could be smart and (laughs) fun at the same time. Right. (laughs) And so her name's Debbie. So Debbie... Gets Miranda in a room therapy candle, which I wrote down is basically just a modern day crystal. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> like we're still into aromatherapy, but like if somebody wanted to be like, this is a calming crystal, <laughs> put it in the moonlight to charge it. Like that's what <laughs> that, yes, that's basically yes. what Debbie is doing now, and I I love that. Miranda says, no, I don't want to meet Debbie because if I meet Debbie, then she's a real person. And then that means that I've like actually like legitimately lost Steve. Well, and boiler, (laughs) boiler alert, (laughs) spoiler alert. She's still in love with Steve. Mm -hmm. So those dynamics are so tough when we don't want to admit our true feelings to Mm -hmm. ourselves or to the other person. Yeah. Um, Oh gosh. And it's hard when someone's nice because Debbie's nice. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she's nice, but in a dumb way. Yeah. (laughs) And so it makes it almost easier for Miranda to like look down on her. Yeah. But I don't know. Miranda I think you know ladies gotta look out for ladies and I I I like Miranda a lot because she's always I think she's almost painted as a character that we we love to hate and and 
hate to love because she's mm. so stoic all the time, right? But mm-hmm. we know that person. We all know that person, yeah, right? Yeah, I she's, am that person. Right? <laughs> yeah. And I love you, right? Yeah. So it's, um, Miranda's always tough because she's not soft and she's not warm. But again, mm-hmm. that what a, what a cool character because it makes us root for her when she's having these really vulnerable moments. We're like, oh, she's a real human. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's tough, especially I can only imagine, you know, with, with a child mm-hmm. and being the mom of that child and having to meet, you know, in quotes, the other woman. And, you know, no matter how how amazing of a human being one is, that that just must be very challenging. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 And I, just, I love that uh, Debbie says, you know, can we go to Blockbuster and rent, and rent a, a, a VHS? The tape. A, a tape. tape. Can we go get a tape? And I was just like, oh, oh we man. used to do that. Yeah. I'm like, I'm, I miss that. Yeah. One of my first jobs was at Hollywood Video, and that's still the most fun job I've ever had. Yes. So I miss it. Like, there is something that's just, like, nicer about walking down the aisle rather than, like, scrolling with your remote. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, you have to make a choice. Like, yeah. if, you know, you can't. You have to make the choice. It's not like you can change mid-movie. Like, you're committed. You rent the movie, and you're committed, you know? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Miranda in this one, yep. She, you know, I don't know. I feel for her, too. That's the great writing of this show. I think it's it's almost that we have a little bit of all of them in us, you Mm -hmm. know? Um, Well, and I think that's where the marketing for this went wrong, is that everyone identified as one of them. Yeah. When really all together, they all make one woman. Absolutely. I totally agree with you. We all have little moments of each person. We want to believe that we're just, just the one, you know, mm-hmm. but we're little moments. But yeah, when she's hiding under the bed in this episode, oh my gosh, <laughs> I had a moment I can share with you where I did. I had um, a person that I, I was spending time with and the mother of his child came to the house mm-hmm. and he made me hide in the closet oh, no really? <laughs> yes yes or maybe it was the bathroom i don't know but yeah but he made you hide yes and so i don't know ladies oh. i don't know if, if you're having to hide in a closet you might want to you might want to rethink a few things but you know i think it was you know a Getting into dynamics of, you know, I, I think it's the protection of somebody's feelings and mm-hmm. also not wanting the reaction or having to deal with a reaction from somebody else. So, I don't know. I, I felt for you, Miranda. <laughs> <laughs> you're right. Well, any uh, final points on on Miranda before we move on? Can I just say the side mm-hmm. boob in her dress and the bridesmaid dress? Wowzas. Everyone's boobs were on point <laughs> this episode. Oh, my gosh. And it's kind of ironic with Charlotte's conservative kind of style mm-hmm. that her bridesmaids all had these plunging boob lines. Yes. <laughs> Wear it, girls. We support it. Yep. Everyone's boobs looked absolutely Amazing. fantastic in this episode. Yes. <laughs> okay. So, um, so who do you want to move on to now? I, should we go? Should we go to Carrie and save Samantha yeah. for last? Sure. Okay. Yeah, Samantha's pretty short. I don't even really have that much on her. Yeah, she was so, a quickie in this guy. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, so Carrie um, <laughs> is not doing the great new singles thing. She's just for a uh, for um, her column doing the trapeze outside. It looks like in Brooklyn. <laughs> well, because there's a great be doing that. Yeah, because there's a great skyline behind her of New York City. And so I'm like, well, she must be in Brooklyn doing the trapeze for some reason. <laughs> um, and it's just a really, really like extended they do this a lot in the show and it bothers me that they use like one thing to discuss 
everything that everyone's going through and sometimes it works and sometimes it's yes. hideous. Yes. Like this I felt was pretty shoehorned. Um, as far as like trying to plug it in with everybody. Like the metaphors, you mean of like yeah. being caught in mm-hmm. the safety net. Yes. Right. Yeah. Like she has and I mean I do like it at its base level because I do love that she was afraid to let go because we are Oh. Always afraid to let go in a relationship because if you let go, then you get hurt. You could fall and no one could be there to catch you. But there could be somebody to <laughs> catch you. So, you know, there's that yeah. opposite. And if we never let go, then we never get to feel that that fun feeling of flying mm-hmm. either. You know. Yeah, but it's a really thin line between, <laughs> like, letting somebody in and trusting them and then having them devastate you even more so that you never let go. Absolutely, absolutely. So she does that, and I, if I had core strength, I would do actual trapeze. (laughs) I think that looks super, super fun, even though I am petrified of heights, but I would do it anyway. At least you're harnessed in and you've got nets and things, at least the way they made it look, you know. Yeah. I'm sure we could get you on a trapeze, Pagers. Yeah, well, I'm sure there's one at, like, you know, Santa Monica Pier or something. (laughs) We'll take you on the GSR swing first. Oh my God, no. That I would never do. That's too high. I don't like it. Um, So Harry comes by when the girls are having um, breakfast and sets him up with the, I guess he's the the, the best man. man? Uh, Maybe, sort of, kind of. So I just called him Fling. <laughs> my notes. So Harry sits Carrie up with a friend, um, but he's only in town for the for the wedding, and so Carrie kind of blows him off. Everybody's like, "Go ahead, have a fling!" Like it's it's the short term love, and you know, and what was it? Carrie says it's expiration dating. <laughs> yes, yes, I love that term because who hasn't been encouraged by their friends to you know go make super smart choices? <laughs> I mean, honestly, there's a lot to be said for that, though. Like, there yes. was there was a guy that I knew that was really only in town, like, during the week. Um, and then weekends, he went back to the Bay Area for his job. And we, we like, we almost went on dates, like, quarterly. Right, right. And, but it was fantastic because I yeah. felt like somebody loved me, but I didn't have to spend time with yeah. them. <laughs> So it was the perfect relationship because every once in a while, like, he would just come by and I would just come by his hotel room and we would have a drink and we'd have really, 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 yes. (laughs) listen, hotel sex is the best sex. I don't know that anyone else can say any different because you don't have to clean up. You just have to leave. That is very true. That is true. And it's kind of, you know, like, you know, you feel like you're like kind of doing something naughty, the hotel atmosphere, you know, and you don't have to worry about like, oh no, my neighbor is going to like talk to me about the noise (laughs) that I made last night. Like you're Mm. never seeing them again. My neighbors think, just kidding, (laughs) just kidding, mom. (laughs) Your neighbors have a turtle. They're chill. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, who knows what weird stuff they're doing over there. Um, Um, But anyway, I I love like the idea of a, a short term fling because yes, it does have an expiration date and it can't go anywhere but like that's the beauty of it is that you can put like just concentrate all of it into a small moment and then you never have to see them again yes well and I also think when you're hurting you know I think a lot of advice is you know we're supposed to be independent and and soul searching and seeking and I think that is all fun and good but you know what you never know actually when a fling might turn into something 
else. Yeah. So if you're not trying, right, and giving mm-hmm. giving some people a chance, even if it does turn into a one night stand, you know, check it off the list. Okay, no guilt, right? right. We don't feel that anymore. We're in a new age. Yeah. No guilt and shame, but it's about exploration too. So. I don't know. I think a fling can be a, a beautiful distraction mm-hmm. too, and I think there are some healthy distractions. You yeah. Know? So. Yeah, and I think that definitely answers her. Couldn't help but wonder of the episode, which is when did it stop being? When did it stop being fun and start being scary? Yeah, oh, that broke my heart too because, yeah, I think we've all had those moments of oh, you know that adulthood right that Mm. we do get feelings hurt and Mm -hmm. it is you know it is hard being vulnerable and and saying i'm gonna go all in right all in that's what the episode's about it's going all in not just one foot or a toe and uh, I have to say, though, the jackhammer in, oh, oh God, no. that cracked me up. <laughs> See, and that, that right there, though, is the danger of having yes. a fling, yes. is that it might be <laughs> truly terrible. Yeah. I have a friend who I'm definitely not going to mention their name because I am not authorized to tell this story, but I'm going to tell it anyway, um, where she's sort of had, like, the opportunity to, like, hook up with a couple of guys within like a weekend like she was just going like back to a place where mm-hmm. she used to live and i was like girl go for it yeah like do it like i want you to have sex with three guys over a weekend because everybody deserves to say that that's something that they did <laughs> and she and she went and she ended up not having sex with a guy who she definitely thought she was going to have sex with oh but having sex with a guy that was like on the fence and she was like, I wish that I could take it back because he was literally two pumps and done. And oh, I'm like, no. And I'm like, wait, literally? And she's like, yeah, literally. And I'm oh. like, wait, really? And she was like, yeah. And then he tried again the next morning. It was like one. Uh-oh. And I'm like, there's guys like that? Like, yes. he, was he even embarrassed? And she's like, nope. He was like, this is fine. And I'm like, oh, there is. That's unfortunate. There's a true condition. I'm, I'm. <laughs> Okay, science talk, guys. We are turning into NPR, but there's a condition, and I don't... You can all look it up on your own, but there is a condition where you you ejaculate prematurely, and not, not like, yeah. pre... And yeah, and I mean, know, I get that it, there is premature a, ejaculation, but, thing. like, that? No, it's Oof. a condition where you... It all goes. Yeah. So, wow. Yeah. So maybe maybe, maybe he needs to get that checked out. Or maybe he was just super... Maybe she's super hot and he was super excited. I mean, maybe, but then that it's doesn't like... Make it I don't know. I feel like if I couldn't last a fairly long time that I would do something else before. You would think, you know what I, I mean? think that comes with emotional or not even emotional maturity, maybe just maturity of wanting to pleasure your partner. Yeah. You know, but um you know maybe you know sometimes the penis takes over and you just want to get in there. Right. So. I mean, I guess, but it's like, <laughs> gentlemen, if you don't have any return customers, maybe you should think about reworking your schedule <laughs> yeah, or like practice a little bit like a little slower right little, you know practice in your rhythm and pace you know yeah. and uh, yes and absolutely make sure you know ladies are a little more dynamic and in and mm. their anatomy right right so it, it takes a little longer for us to get to a certain point of things so so make sure you're you're giving that some yeah. attention right okay just a little food for thought and right. have fun with it <laughs> that should be part of the fun of the foreplay yeah i mean know? i've definitely been with guys who have been like listen i know that like 
the sex part of it isn't something that I super excel at. And so all of the stuff beforehand, I definitely like work on and like hone. And I'm like, see, that's great. I wouldn't be upset if I, you know, if that's what happened. It's no big deal. Right. And you know, things happen. That's kind of the fun. And the cool thing is, it's like a one night stand is that's hard to practice. Maybe you just have like a really fun one night stand, right? You're not going to have necessarily that communication. It's not that it can't be magical and fun and sexy but the cool thing is about once you meet a long-term partner is that you get to practice that mm-hmm. you know that exploration and yeah. sex and and what works and what doesn't and then laugh at those silly mistakes and then you get to try again which is right. even more fun you know yeah. so you know that it's is all the nice about part about having the longer term relationship yeah. and building the trust so that you can experiment with things and do certain things and like even just like have a feedback session afterwards. Yeah. Like, that thing you did. Good job. We're going to have a panel. On right. This now. <laughs> but that's what you can do with a long term relationship. That's yeah. like the nice part about that is being like, hey, that thing you did, can you maybe not like yeah. ever again? Or Thank maybe you. <laughs> that thing you did, can you do it over and over and over again? Because mm-hmm. you know, like, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. there's there's even certain things like I've definitely been with guys who have had women that wanted to just be punished and i was like listen like i want to have sex with you but i don't want it to be because i did something wrong it feels like yeah well and it's per person right so yeah. again a little food for thought and a little tip is don't assume that your next partner is going to enjoy what your partner before liked and that's right. important especially when it comes to to in quotes the punishing stuff or maybe you know the bdsm you've got to find that, that. right permission and that you gotta um, talk about it first at least (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah, but when it comes to a one night stand you just get to have fun you have fun yeah exactly i think for one night stands you definitely shouldn't be trying anything fancy especially not jackhammering i in my opinion (laughs) i think that's the time to practice fancy (laughs) it's like just go for it you're never gonna see him again maybe so try that thing you've never tried before i don't know but i feel like it depends on how long the night is i think (laughs) because i just don't like that for me anyway personally that just comes with a lot of trust yeah yeah and so like if i'm having a one night stand and i say this like i've had one i haven't but if i had one i would be like i don't trust you to uh get into the crazy stuff right now because we just got into this so Maybe let's not yeah. get crazy. It's interesting. I mean, I do feel like it's worth a mention because I don't I don't drink alcohol anymore and I haven't for over five years and definitely sex has changed in that aspect of, mm-hmm. of what I want out of sex mm-hmm. instead of that kind of sloppy, messy uh, one night stand sex to right. you know, wanting a connection and and intimacy with mm-hmm. sex and, and wanting a partner, you know, so but maybe that's just because I'm getting old. I don't know. <laughs> I'm definitely you know, older than you, but like for- <laughs> I feel, yeah, I feel the same way where it's just sort of, I don't know. There's there's elements of it that I am like, yeah, absolutely, go for it. And other elements where I'm like, ooh, no, back off. Like, yeah, yeah. it just depends on the person, I think. Yeah, I absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. And it's hard, like, I mean, even when it comes to like sex and I think people mostly drink to drop their inhibitions Absolutely. that they have. Yeah. And like for me, I'm definitely like tightly wound and so sometimes I absolutely need like a drink to just sort of like chill out. Absolutely. But I'm definitely way past the point of getting sloppy. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm not sloppy sex. Sloppy. Well, if you're both sloppy, you don't notice. But if like (laughs) one of you is more sloppy than the other, it's yikes. I feel like you should be on the same sloppy page or else it might be a little creepy because like if you're 
person isn't on the same sloppy page, then the person not sloppy is responsible for taking care of that person. Yeah, right? Exactly. You know? So, you know, yeah. I, again, as we get older, I hope we get... <laughs> and actually, that should start younger folks. You know, yes. respect for your partner, especially when drinking. This has turned into a... <laughs> but, you know, I mean, when, when it is, it does change that dynamic mm-hmm. when alcohol is involved and other yeah. things, you know. So yeah, it's, I mean, it's interesting. even, like, to the point of having sex with somebody that you wouldn't normally have sex with absolutely like, right yeah i mean yes. i definitely went through like oh, after God. <laughs> after my divorce i went through like i not with sex but just like in general of being really like just sloppy with like who i was and like i lived downtown and so sure. i could drink as much as i wanted to absolutely. and then go back to to my you know to my place and like uh, there was a guy who was just like i could i could walk you up and i'm like oh honey i'm drunk not stupid you have a good night oh, I, don't, <laughs> I don't know if i had those boundaries you're better than me Paige, but i i, I do now folks <laughs> i do now I think a lot of it just has to do with being a demisexual, though. Yeah. Like, for me, I definitely need an emotional connection, which is why I haven't had a one-night stand, because sure. I need that emotional connection in order to trust them enough to have sex with them in the first place, hmm. which has, <laughs> which has, like, saved me in some aspects, but then prevented me from a lot of stuff Yeah. also. Yeah, like, absolutely. I definitely don't have a lot of experiences, but all of the experiences that I have are quality experiences. Sure. I think I was a little bit at the opposite end of the spectrum in the sense of, I think if I'm being really honest, I was incredibly insecure in my teens and, and 20s and, and seeking, you know, some kind of, I don't know, I, co- yeah, I would call I it fun and free-spirited yeah. in, in quotes, but, you know, of, of not having the best picker or, or the, you know, maybe not even the best filter or uh, selector, yeah. <laughs> whatever you want to call it. I certainly didn't have a whole lot of boundaries. So, um, mm. you know, I'm looking forward to this time of life to again just seeking connection and having having meaning and and purpose behind some some things you know anyway (laughs) yeah that's going back to the jacket (laughs) so the yeah her fling gets cranky when she blows him off because he threw her back out yikes and oh man it's too funny because she's like crouched over um but she like she's her boobs are so crazy like out because she's like bending over and it's hysterical yeah i'm just i'm so jealous i would i of like her boobs. I, I like everyone in this like <laughs> no one's above a b cup in this and so they can just wear whatever they want to wear yeah. whereas i'm just like listen nope this is no you and me both kid yeah, yeah. i was like this d train's got to be contained i'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> i'm on your i'm on your bus or your train yeah, I, yeah they they really there's plunging necklines and the kind of the corseted kind yeah of look it just yeah i feel like maybe this was just the week they invented that like tape you know (laughs) and everybody's just like yes boot tape let's do it that works for me i have to put like you know like double-sided duct tape with like i I don't know some velcro and then like three inch like (laughs) boob tape and it's still then you have like all this tape in your boobs and i feel like my thing still doesn't stick to it the clothing right. then you yeah. just have and weird then, looking tape but what do you do if you get lucky hold on a second i need to go and break out the alcohol <laughs> so i can break down <laughs> let the me life. remove my spanks and unravel my boob tape right yeah, i know i know it's too like i i always found that really interesting i'm like how are you making that look work for you 
and then being able to hook up later without yeah. being like, I really just met you and we're going to have a one night stand, but I need you to help me with my boob tape first. Well, have you ever <laughs> noticed that like in the shows and the movies, it's funny because I was just talking about this last night with a certain somebody, but like, you know, it's not like they ever have like hair from their head that's shredded to like their butt crack. You know <laughs> right. what I mean? That like they're yes. like fishing out or like, yeah. you know what I mean? Or those moments of like weird sounds coming from down <laughs> weird areas. Here, weird yeah. areas. You know, where like the... You yeah. know, you know the sound. Oh, man, the sound. <laughs> of especially yes. us bigger-breasted women. You know, that just uh-huh. it creates, like, that, like, suction area. Right. Oh, gosh. I Again, know, Mom, I'm sorry if you're listening, but I hope, <laughs> I hope you're giggling. Uh, but, you know, you never, it's just, it's always so, even the jackhammering, it's very, like, methodic mm-hmm. in that scene, you know. Right. like you're just, just like, like ouch. Yes. Yeah. You yeah, know. there's quite a few... And it's it's funny because I've had this like call I've I've had it called out to me where like guys have been like you really like a certain position and I'm like yeah because I can hold my boobs in that position. <laughs> I don't have the boob hold and I'm and I'm like yes one it feels good but two also you don't see the things that I'm self conscious about yes in oh that gosh position. that's a whole other episode yeah. right yeah that's that very valid point yeah we want to feel we want to feel good and sexy and I think the ultimate goal is being able to really let let go fully yeah so we're not worried about those things yeah that is the fun part either that or just like being like i'm shutting off the lights (laughs) (laughs) let me ask you this pagers do you think that they're okay with the jackhammering right because in this Mm -hmm. episode it's saying how he's just a jackhammer like they show that scene where he's just like pounding away right yeah and it's we i was gonna say we've all been there maybe some of you haven't like you (laughs) but uh you know do you think that there's a time for the jackhammering where like you're in a quickie and you're just like let's get this done i don't think there's ever a time for that kind of jackhammering (laughs) see i do (laughs) see i don't i feel like and again i'm it's hard because i'm a demisexual Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. so for me it is slightly more of a romantic sense than probably anyone else considers sex and i've definitely had like quick and dirty sex and it's been hot and it's been great but it has never been quite that jackhammery. And it's yeah. different when you, and for me anyways, it's different when I like that person. Yeah. Because yeah. there have been times when I've been in a relationship with somebody and we were very much starting out and we had a lot of feelings for one another and like the sex was fantastic. And then we ended up not being together anymore. Mm. And then like a year later, like we reconnected and it was clearly like a, okay, well you're going to move out of town in a month. And so this is, clearly just sex Mm -hmm. and that it was the same sex it's not like he changed up his routine or anything but it felt less yeah less important less like yeah yeah and that demisexual piece i really think i i think it's interesting listening to that because i don't know if i'm like an olive sexual like all of the sex <laughs> i don't okay, know a pansexual. A, a pan, what is pan, i don't i think pansexual is just like everyone pansexual. everything just very sexual like oh, sexual in I don't general know about all of the thing all i don't hmm i'm gonna have to find my term but maybe maybe i just am you know and i don't know because i to me the jackhammering if i want to you know, if, if my person is, is super turned on and if there's like a tiny amount of time and if I can just get him what he needs or, you know, <laughs> I, I think there's something very sexy in that. So, but I mean, in, in this case, she, she didn't look happy. So I guess if yeah. you're not happy. I don't know. In this it. case, I think that he was just being way too aggressive. Yeah. Well, like he was like kind of a clinger too. So yeah. that makes it even Yeah. Grosser. He definitely got too attached too quickly and 
I love that they said something like jerk de soleil. <laughs> I know, <laughs> jerk but, de soleil. Yes. Um, but yeah, and then he has a terrible best man speech and he's just a huge jerk. Yeah, <laughs> total jerk. Um, um, but yeah, that's, that is all I have for Carrie. Do you have any, any closing thoughts for Carrie? I don't, you know, those were really all my thoughts. We kind of, we went all over the place there, but, um, you know, I, I, like I said, I think Carrie's shining moment in this because Carrie to me can be a little self-absorbed sometimes, you know, when we go into those episodes with big and, um, and Aiden, oh my gosh, we all love Aiden. Mm, Right. But, um, I, I think her shining moment in this was when she was giving that, that, to her, mm-hmm. her bestie Charlotte, you know, because it wasn't about her in that moment, right? Yeah. I know it's one of the few times that it, they're actually not very selfish with each other. Yeah, because they very frequently will talk to one another without actually having a conversation. Yeah, just talk at yeah. each other. Yeah, and there was meaning in that, and she's trying mm-hmm. to lift her up. And so I think that was actually for me, you know, even sex aside, that's always fun. But I, I like that moment. For yeah. Carrie. yeah, yeah, it's one of the few times where they're actually friends yes <laughs> friends in the city yes. yeah yeah even though she did sort of kind of like turn it around a little bit i know she always does i know find a man who would catch me i know okay we but get like, it it's all about you gary like, <laughs> we get it carrie things are hard yes <laughs> running yes, a, yes i know yeah, having like, your independent writer lifestyle and having right. brunch every day yeah <laughs> must be so difficult and like being able to afford clothing like Freaking that while awesome leaving clothes. like living in new york city yes <laughs> but we're all just envious. That's it. Right. Know? That's all that it is. <laughs> so Sam has a pretty a pretty basic thing where she just, she can't take off her dress. So she calls Smith to help her, like, have sex with me. But also, you're going to be taking off my dress too. So, like, I two know. birds on stone. Well, I guess Smith, standout man. Standout man who yes. really, you know, we learn. I don't want to, again, yeah. boiler, boiler alert. <laughs> spoiler alert. But... You know, we all we all want that that mm-hmm. piece of a person, right? That mm-hmm. uh, Smith personality yeah. in a person. Anyway, but yeah, Sam. Um, but yeah, I really I I kind of identify a lot with this uh, when I was living alone, and there would be some like red carpet thing or something that aw. we were doing for some movie. I would be like, I literally like I'm gonna have to find something else to wear yes. because I can't get into this yes. dress, and um. And Stacey Johnson is previously on the podcast. Hi, Stacey. Hi, Stacey. She doesn't listen, so it's fine. We'll make you listen. (laughs) She, like, I would call her all the time because she was on, like, the 8th floor and I was on the 19th floor. And I'm like, can you run up the elevator and zip me up, please? (laughs) Or other times when I would just go down and, like, knock on her door and she'd be like, oh, hey, how's it going? And I'd just turn around and be like, I need help. (laughs) But it's really, it is sort of difficult living on your own and, like, different things like that tripping you up. absolutely. Like, even now, like... Our our housing market here in Reno has skyrocketed in the last two weeks, and it is nuts. P- thing, there are things for sale going for like four eighty nine that are worth ninety eight right now. Mm-hmm. Like it's nuts. And I a few like maybe about a year ago I was talking to my mom, and she was just like, "Well, you know, you just need like a two income. You need to, you know, blah blah." And I stopped her, and I was like, "So what you're telling me is, in order to live in this world, I need a man?" Oh no. No, 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 no. But that's essentially what she's saying. Yeah. You need a two income to to stay, you know, to stay alive. And I'm like, that is garbage. I get it. I, I, yes, <laughs> trash. Yeah. That is trash. Well, and especially in a time when we're being taught, right, 
be independent, independent mm-hmm. women, you know, take that power back, be empowered, right? And I was just actually talking about this last night um, about about finding that balance when we're supposed to have boundaries but have independence and, and have that empowerment and be on your own but rely on somebody else and ask for help, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> right. Yeah, like so, how do you balance all of that? It's impossible. Yeah. I think it's possible, Peters. <laughs> it's possible. I do. I But it's it's challenging, and especially right now, you know, with um, – I mean, we won't get into all that, but it is. Mm-hmm. It's an economy and everything, and being financially independent right now in a, in a world where things are getting more expensive is mm-hmm. really hard. So you feel, again, for Sam, all these ladies have really st- – stable, amazing jobs and lifestyles. Mm -hmm. So maybe my sympathy wanes just a teeny, teeny, (laughs) teeny, tiny bit because they just all look so good all the time. They never even, like, their mascara's never even smudged. Like, that's real life. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But, um... Yeah, that she shows that we love Samantha. I feel like when she shows that vulnerability, because we all mm-hmm. love that sexy side of Samantha. We all want mm-hmm. we all want to be that sexy side of Samantha, yeah. where we're just confident and strong. Mm-hmm. But again, I love I love those vulnerable moments when she allows Smith to clip her bracelet. Yeah, to right? clip her bracelet on. Yeah. It's really super sweet, and the fact that he even notices. Yeah, most men wouldn't. <laughs> like right? I have I have stupidly struggled with things for ever before like my my ex noticed that I needed help and he never sometimes never did yeah sometimes I would just be like hey could you freaking open this jar yeah and he'd be like oh okay and like never even noticed that I was struggling now do you think there is again I'm not playing devil advocate do you think but up on the flip side of that do you think there's such thing as being overly helpful absolutely because i feel like there should be like a there might be i don't remember but a sex of the city episode about like <laughs> like the over helpful mm-hmm. boyfriend i'm very lucky right now i have somebody who who seems to let me try just enough but offer <laughs> yes. enough help that you know again mm-hmm. finding that balance but yeah yeah that overly helpful have you ever had that experience where someone doesn't let you just try um Roommate Ryan did that for a while when we first moved in together. Anytime Roommate I, Ryan. <laughs> any anytime that I like went to like grab anything or like if I was even struggling like the minutest amount, he would just like just bowl over me to like do it. And so I had to like sit him down and be like, "Listen, like I have a jar opener, I have a stool, <laughs> I can do it myself." Oh, I love that I gym. Will. I can do it myself. <laughs> I'm like, I can. And, and I said, listen, every once in a while, I will ask you. And sometimes I'll want it and sometimes I won't. Right. Like, you know, the other day, I, w- I forget what I was trying to open, but it was not opening. And he he let me have it for like a couple of times. He let me like get my jar opener and it wasn't working. And then I was looking for the... Uh, for like the scissors so that I could knock against the, the the lid so that I could loosen it and I couldn't find it and he was like, "Do you want me to open the the jar for you?" I was just like, oh, "Yeah, because yeah. I'm because I'm right. hungry and, and I'm, I want to get into it right now." It's that balance, right? Of <laughs> right. when when asking for help is a healthy thing. You yeah, know? So, yeah. I yeah. mean, I think there's definitely a balance to be struck, and it depends on the person. Yeah, absolutely. Like I know people who would go out of their way to not get help. Yes, yeah. Like, but I feel like I'm that a little bit because even if, like, if he wasn't there, I would need something. I would need to do it myself. And it's nice to have him there to open jars or get things off of tall places. But 
I need to learn how to do it myself as well because yeah. he won't always be there. Yes, yes, right. And I, there is that balance of, and I think we can even relish, you know, there's those love languages, right? And mm-hmm. so it's the, what is it, the acts of, acts of service. service. And yeah. so that can be considered somebody's love language is mm-hmm. I don't have to ask for help. You just offer. And that's, yeah. that's a, a beautiful, sexy thing, right? Mm-hmm. When you are taking out that trash or I'm struggling with that jar and you just gently take it and pop that pickle jar, mm-hmm. you know, and there's all that rush of, ooh, mm-hmm. you know, but I, I think it all comes down to that love language, you yeah. know, of, you know, whether you're a believer in that or not, but at least that communication style, whatever you want to call mm-hmm. it, is super and important. And I, I think that that's, I think love language is important for every yes. relationship, friendship, everything. Yes. Because there's, yes. yeah, there's so many times, like, I have a friend whose love language is gift giving, and I it's my zero. <laughs> like, I am I am upset when someone gives me something that's not useful. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Like this um like this Christmas, you gave me a really, really soft throw. <laughs> and useful. you gave taking note page. <laughs> and and you um and you gave like Ryan the same thing and both of us are like fucking a, like in love with them. <laughs> that makes me so happy. I was like, like oh where is this going was no. that useful I don't know <laughs> no it's, it's no it's good it was just we were like oh this is so nice and it's totally something that we need and Ryan still makes fun of me because I will like have your blanket on my lap and then I have this like thing that I throw over my shoulders and he's like what are you even what are you doing <laughs> like you look ridiculous you're just sitting on the couch like covered in blankets and I was just Whatever. like listen and I'm like this is what like this is what I do to replace physical touch. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Because yes. physical touch is always kind of second to last for me. It's not super important. Yes. But it is like in this in when I'm not in a relationship, like I'm not right now, like there's a self soothing that has to happen with that. Yes. Interesting. But you know, it's like people who sleep with sorry, I those of you <laughs> can hear Hemi in the background again, he's very excited about, about the sex talk. <laughs> he is a male and he is yeah. an animal and he's a little red rocket out too. So that's you know, he's just joining in the fun. Um, but you know, it's interesting because it's like people who sleep with their pillows, you know, mm-hmm. as, as kind of a safety yeah, blanket, like yeah, body right? pillows or whatever. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I do like I have I have my regular pillow and then I have like a boyfriend pillow, <laughs> oh, and it's yeah. from it, like it's from that relationship that I yeah. was in, and then you know came back and it wasn't oh. <laughs> it wasn't the greatest. But I he was staying over one night and he needed his own pillow, and so I pulled that pillow out. And it's just this, like, bamboo, like, memory foam stuffed. Mm -hmm. And it feels like I'm, like, sleeping on a guy's chest. And so I don't use it often, but every once in a while I'm like, I need the boyfriend pillow. And we'll sleep with that pillow instead. And it's, like, it's, it's a nice temporary solution. Absolutely. To that kind of thing. But, yeah, going back to love languages, like... Even though that was a gift that you gave me, technically, it was an act of service because I use it. Yeah. Okay. No, so, it is. Interesting. Yeah. It is interesting how we're just all wired so differently because I'm not, even though a lot of people assume I'm a touchy-feely personality, mm. I'm actually not. I can be pretty introverted in the sense of, I, my fr- good friend Bernadette will say, you know, I don't, <laughs> I don't just hand out hugs or I don't give courtesy hugs. You know, you kind of have to earn that hug, right? And so mm. I'm not necessarily... A, a hugger in that way that some other people are. I think of, you know, Chris Daniels or someone who's right. just, you know, you, you get those big bear hugs. 
But when it comes to romantic partners, touch is one of my number ones. So I think I kind mm-hmm. of save that touch for for romantic relationships. Yeah. Like, I think that classy I sound romantic relationship. <laughs> but you know, yeah. That might just be a Bernadette thing. I think she's <laughs> I think she's more of a hugger and she uh, doesn't so. like yes. that everyone else isn't on her level. Well, yeah, we're maybe we're she, outing you, Bernie. <laughs> well, because she said the same thing about me. She was just like, You don't hug, right? And I'm like, I hug people. I hug too. I guess so <laughs> I'm just I wouldn't consider myself touchy feely or maybe I'm more shy than people and we've talked about this but then people assume but I I'm always kind of I'm not always the offerer of the hug I I love mm-hmm. being hugged um and I love when that's offered but I'm not always the first to offer it you know right and I yeah. try to be respectful of people's space yeah. I don't know and I do the same thing awkward. too because I don't know what they I don't want to touch somebody if they don't want to be touched right and right. so I'm more like reserved in that sense if they offer a hug to me then we'll become huggers and it'll be fine but I won't offer it because I don't want to make anyone uncomfortable yeah and what I you know I'm finding in this newer uh newer blossoming relationship is I'm a total toucher you know but I was in a a not so great relationship and we won't that's a whole another episode but um (laughs) where there was zero intimacy and there was, you know, I was, there was a lot of rejection and, and with sex and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So I don't, it's fun to get to actually be able to, yeah, to indulge in that, that piece of, of my personality that's always there, but it's tough when you're not a match with somebody, right? Yeah. Not, not able to practice that comfortably. Exactly. So that's been fun. Yeah. Anyway. And I think it's harder for us as women to to be rejected like that because 95% of guys, their main love language is physical touch. Mm, yeah. But, yes. Right. And we're yeah. taught that in condition mm-hmm. that it's all about sex for men. And I'm not generalizing you men, but you know, that's, that is what we, yeah. we learn, right? Mm-hmm. That it's sex on the mind every six seconds or whatever that, remember that? Yeah. That, like that statistic, every six seconds, men no, are thinking about sex. Well, let statistic. me tell you, I think every three seconds, women are thinking about sex guys. So, right. Um, <laughs> yeah. And I mean, it's really, it's hard because we're, we're thinking about it in a different way. Um, but we are still thinking about it. Absolutely. You know? Yes. You thought they made a whole show about it. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if there's, yeah, there's so, so many, like we're, we're probably not thinking about it all day, every day. Like, I am. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> like I, I mean, I even thought about that this morning. Like I like woke up and I was thinking about it and I was just like, wow, I haven't really like, I'm not re- like a super big porn watcher, but I was like, I haven't watched porn in like three months yeah yeah it's not something that just that you're gravitating to nightly or something like that that it pops up when Mm -hmm. it does yeah and that i think that mostly just stems from the fact that like now that they have this like feminine porn site (laughs) i feel like i really should only be watching that one no but it's boring (laughs) the romantic porn stories (laughs) The, the thing that's really funny is that like the romantic porn stories everyone's not a professionally trained actor and I think because we're in like acting and theater type business yeah we tend to grade a lot more harshly so I'm like listen I don't believe that you actually are in a relationship well, I don't believe that you lied to him that, but like <laughs> we don't get just turned on by long-term relationship sex like newsflash <laughs> folks <laughs> like we don't need the hallmark of porn <laughs> right exactly I mean I'd probably watch it but yeah. Yeah, I like I watch it, but at the same time, I'm like, God, I need something in between Pornhub and Belly Sam. <laughs> because, like, Pornhub definitely, there's a lot of, like, 
okay, so I know for a fact that the second that I press play, there's going to be 20 full minutes that I'm going to have to skip over because mm-hmm. I don't mm-hmm. want to see a blowjob because it's not interesting to me. Right. And it takes too long. So I know already that 20 minutes of this, like, 30-minute video is out the door. And if it's a shorter video, you're like, God, maybe it's all that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God, yes. But I am a total snob when it comes to that, though, where I'm like, I do need an interesting story. Maybe we should do a, like, porn rating podcast. Like, (laughs) after the Sex in the City podcast, we'll do, like, you know, porn (laughs) instead. Two out of ten condoms would recommend. (laughs) Yes! Yes! This is two erect penises out of ten. I don't know. Or I, I don't know. I will we'll brainstorm it. Yeah. But I think, you know, it's time for ladies to... I'm sure it's already out there, but to, you know, to get to, <laughs> to, to rate the porn, you right? know? It would be, be nice porn. to rate the porn. <laughs> to rate the porn. <laughs> anyway, back to yeah. Samantha. Should we go back to her? Yeah. I mean, I think we're, we're good with Samantha. She just... She knows that she can't really do everything on her own and it sucks. And now she misses her, her bracelet that she broke. Right in the middle of the the wedding. wedding. Oh my gosh, I love all those awkward moments because I can picture like life is just like that, right? Of those oh oh geez oh gosh. So uh, you know it's it's super sweet and again I think with Sam that it's we just we like when we see her vulnerable. We like her Mm -hmm. sexy side, but we also like when she sees. We see that she's a real human being and right. Yeah, emotions. She's very much like modern woman. And, you know, Miranda's, like, reasonable woman, and Charlotte's the romantic, and then everybody thinks they're a Carrie. Yes, everybody <laughs> wants to be the Carrie, because she's, like, that balanced mix, yeah. right? But, you know, every like, Yeah, every time somebody is like, yeah, you're totally a Carrie, I'm like, am I really that self-centered and awful? <laughs> am I a narcissist? I she says on her own podcast. No, <laughs> no, no, I will validate that you are not a narcissist at all. Well, no, no, and Carrie, like, she has narcissistic tendencies, but... I wouldn't say she's a full-blown narcissist. I've been watching Grey's Anatomy lately. I'm 16 years behind, folks. <laughs> but holy cow, that show. That show's nuts. It's nuts. I mean, like, talk about, I don't know. It, it's just that, to me, there's a lot of narcissism in that show of, of Dr. Mm-hmm. Grey. You know, I'm talking about, like, if they're real people. But, <laughs> but her character, to me, is much more narcissistic in a way. Because Samantha is who she is. Carrie mm-hmm. is. They own who they are. But yeah actually Meredith Grey reminds me a bit of Carrie in the sense she always kind of turns that energy back to her and I'm not sure they're very good friends to each other on Grey's Anatomy but you're probably all yeah. rolling your eyes like no shit Sherlock like that's, <laughs> that's the whole point is that you're like drawn in by their their like messiness right yeah so I anyway. mean and that's the funny part is that like I don't watch it for that I watch it for like all of the medical stuff and then I get mad because I go to my own doctor and they don't care <laughs> And I'm like, listen, what if I had something? You yes. wouldn't be able to figure it out. Meredith Grey would have figured it yes, out by now. Yes, I probably need brain surgery because every single character on that show needs brain surgery. So let's open up my brain. brain. Yeah, like yeah. I just this week had to go to the doctor and like beg for a hysterectomy because I have 25 years Aww. of horrible, horrible periods. Yeah. And like well, I you had... said period, Paige. Oh, Did we no. just lose some, some <laughs> listeners? But, they, but I, I had to convince them i'm so sorry and i'm like this is my own body and i have been like i had to say to them listen it's been 25 years of me not being able to live my life yeah because it's basically three weeks out of the month that i am having to deal with something Mm -hmm. and the thankfully my doctor doctor is just like yeah absolutely we're putting it in but the 
um, like first person, like the medical assistant or whatever, was so invested in me having children. Interesting. And Interesting. I was like, the train has left the station, yeah. ma'am. Like, yeah. yes, I could physically have children, but I also don't want to be the dementia patient at their high school graduation. Interesting. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know? Like, yeah. I would much yes. rather... I, I told um, my... I told my OBGYN, I was like, listen, I have this idea already, so this is what's going to happen. I'm going to wait until I'm, like, 65, and then I'm going to adopt a teenager, and we're going to start a life of crime together. Yes. <laughs> yes. I'm like, this, is, like, okay. this is it. She, well, and it was funny, because she was like, well, yeah, actually, I, I had one of my patients do not, not the life of crime part, but, um, but like, as she was, like, older, like, adopted a teenager, and I'm like, yeah. I mean, I'll, you can tell her about the life of crime part. I think it would be made more interesting. Yeah. Be a good story. <laughs> because then, like, in the end, if you get caught, then you just take the fall for everything, and then the teenager has all the life experiences Heck and yeah. they can live their life. Yes, yes, we have this all figured out, you know. <laughs> but, you know, there's a lot of different directions, and I think, um, you know, it's especially, you. I don't know, it's interesting in the modern world, again, that women are supposed to be, oh, sorry, that's Bless gross. Hemi. Hemi. <laughs> Any weird noises are Hemi, not us, I swear. <laughs> Um, but that we're still, and I, I suppose their job is to advocate and make sure that that decision is definitely one you want to make. But, um, you know, I think that that in general, people are still pretty shocked when women choose, make their, that choice not to have children because um, mm-hmm. we're still a minority, even if, though it's becoming more common. Um, but that's like, it's also just really sad because it, there's this patriarchal idea that that is what we're for. Mm-hmm. And that's definitely something that I struggled with before asking for it is I'm like, am I less of a woman or, sure. you know, whatever, if I'm not able to have kids? Yeah. I don't even want to have kids, but the idea that the option is there and that I'm taking right? away an option yes. was something to struggle with Absolutely. for a while. Absolutely. But it sounds like you put a lot of thought into it. So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I definitely, like, I'm not, I am not enjoying life having to deal with it every oh, single month. Oh, and I mean, was, in general yeah. anyway. Right. But. <laughs> and, I, and it was getting to the point, luckily I'm working from home now, so it doesn't really matter. But when I wasn't working from home, I was running out of sick days to take because, you know, your period is three to seven days out of the month. And most places have like 10 days of sick time. Yeah, interesting point. So mm-hmm. by the time, you know, you can't take that kind of time off. No, no. So yeah. you end up just being there, being like, um, hey, I'm going to take an extended lunch because I have to go home and like take a shower and change yeah. my underwear. Oh. And like, you know, it's just a mess. Yes. I so. mean, like a literal mess and yeah. a figurative mess. Right. So yeah, and I'm it, so sorry. Yeah. And it makes it really difficult to like the the friend that I was talking about that was like in town like every quarter, yes. every, every once in a while I was like sorry pal it's not gonna happen yeah because timing. yeah because oh, the timing what a, was off what a buzzkill yeah you know? oh, man. so yeah but that's what I ended up telling my my um OBGYN is I'm like I'm I I'm too old to be starting my life but I feel like that's this is what I need to do to do it yeah yeah well good I'm glad you so, advocated yeah. for yourself so. and I'm glad she listened eventually and I'm glad it sounds like she has a sense of humor too actually. yes <laughs> yeah no she totally did good. I'm really I'm super terrible about like over explaining to doctors and trying to make them laugh because I know that they're 
job is probably long and boring and like stupid. Like <laughs> I I had um an IUD that I took out We're not last calling week. Doctor no. stupid. Just no. to clarify. <laughs> no, I'm just saying like the what they have to go through is yes, stupid. Yeah, absolutely. Um but yeah, I was like um when one of the like the med techs says I called to get my IUD out because it was causing pain every single day. Um, and she was just like, okay, well describe the pain. And I'm like, okay. So, um, you know, those balloons that like they put like the bears in Aww. the balloon has deflated and the bear is holding a knife. Yeah. That's- <laughs> <laughs> and she just looked at me like, yeah, well, I know exactly what that, that feels out, like. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. There is once we're more open, even though I know for some people, and let me just say too, like all of this is, you know, full disclosure because, you know, some people I've talked to women who actually enjoy getting their periods because that's like a piece of their women, women, yeah, yeah. you know, um, so we talk about this in, in lightness and we realize there's lots of different, um, experiences and opinions out there and we respect all of those, but you know, when you are having that kind of pain regularly, mm-hmm. like that is just it affects your you whole know, life but yeah. yes and what i was going to say is the more open you are about your story you tend to find other people mm-hmm. who are also ha- going through those same experiences and for so long women mm-hmm. weren't talk- allowed to talk about it mm-hmm. right and, yeah. and you were or you were like thrown in an asylum because right you know these symptoms were were not were typical yeah, yeah exactly so i'm glad they mm-hmm. didn't put you in an asylum yeah that's and good that you're I'm in a glad. time where you can at least <laughs> talk about that openly but mm-hmm. i'm also glad you're gonna get some relief so. yeah and it is you're right it is fairly recent because even my mom i like i emailed her and i said yeah i'm gonna ask for a hysterectomy and she wrote back and she was like i think that's too extreme right well, but, she, extreme but she but she also yeah like grew up with like her doctor mm-hmm. when she was a kid her actual doctor said listen don't take too many painkillers because it's going to hurt like your kidneys and sure. stuff like that so once you have your period and it's and it's a lot of pain and you can't handle it then just get some vodka right because why not right you know, because but it's that's like a logical solution right. <laughs> so you're like your doctor just told you to basically get drunk every single month to deal with the pain yes. of your period i'm that's gonna go to that doctor good. no i'm just kidding, <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> yeah no i think you know times are changing i i yeah. do believe i know healthcare is a little a lot of wonky right yeah. now but i i do have hope in our lifetime that that women's health care and you too men you know you have a mm-hmm. lot of holes and things that need to be looked at <laughs> um but you know that it's going to go in a better direction and mm-hmm. I, you know i think there's going to be some better solutions for us as well for for that pain it's, you know it's like everyone right now i feel like is being diagnosed with endometriosis or some yeah. sort of pelvic floor pain or something so i you know at least we're getting those conversations going mm-hmm. and i'm just so proud of you for advocating for yourself because that's brave so yeah well it took me the whole week to like emotionally build up to it yeah, so because yeah, yeah. yeah i had to go in there guns blazing to be able to get what i what, what i needed yeah. to get and yeah. you know i hope that that doctors get a little bit better about listening to patients and what they need. Yeah. Because I feel like a lot of stuff is just brushed off. Mm-hmm. Like, even, you know, not that everyone needs, you know, like, medication for mood-altering substances, but every single time I've gone into a doctor's office and been like, yeah, I am, like, I'm legit dealing with depression. And that's due to my hypothyroidism, but also just who I am. Sure. Um, and I was having a lot of trouble... Um, the IUD was also causing anxiety. Mm -hmm. Um, And I went to my regular doctor and I was like, I have a lot of anxiety and it would just be really nice to be put on 
like the smallest, smallest dose of like an anti-anxiety sure. medication. Yeah. And they said, no, you're fine. No, no. Uh, mm. <laughs> they, let me ask you this. Did they offer like alternative where they were like, okay, we can try that after you've tried going to yoga and, and walking, doing like document 20 minute walks every day. Or was it just a shutdown? Of it, no, it was, um, let me look at your, let, let me look at your hypothyroidism like levels. And they were like, no, you probably just need to be on more thyroid meds. No, okay, yeah. And I'm like, well, yeah. that's cool. So you can talk to my endocrinologist who will, you know, like, yeah. I'm like, I'm not going to pit you guys against each other. Like, that's very challenging. You know? And I, yeah. I have two dear friends who go through um, thyroid stuff. My mom had her thyroid removed. And um, I can imagine that's incredibly frustrating and mm. challenging but yeah yeah i have faith i have yeah. faith in, in the medical world i do it i know a lot of people might be rolling their eyes i i mm-hmm. do and i think learning that self-advocacy though in the meantime is so so important mm-hmm. so important um yeah even though you can't take people with you right now because of covid i would always suggest taking somebody yes. who will, like lifts you up yeah. to the like to the appointment so that you can be strong because they're there absolutely that and you know something my mom used to do i guess we've gone way off the topic of sex but (laughs) (laughs) it's all interconnected advocacy yeah and and female bits and doctors but um you know i my mom uh when she was sick and and she always had so many appointments and and doctors excuse you sir sorry hemi's dropping his toy (laughs) but um she would write down questions before she went in and she would actually bring you know a little a tape recorder so that because especially when she was on chemo she wouldn't re- you know the Wanted brain to stuff everything yeah. was tough so she would record stuff and so she could go back and listen it might seem really weird but we all have a phone now you know mm-hmm. um to feel free to record you know those harder those harder oh, appointments and conversations mm-hmm. so then because when we're kind of worked up and we're getting frustrated because we're not being heard um we can go back and hear what some of those suggestions from the doctor was mm-hmm. or were um so it, just some yeah. tips you know i believe in tips and solutions and trying different tactics so you know hold them accountable too they're uh, one of the greatest um pieces of advice that i was given is that once you're in if you are in the situation where they're not going to do something for you um then you tell them okay i want it documented on my file that you refuse to do this interesting see i'm so i i feel like i have to work up my bravery i i do get hard i get a little uh like I was saying, shy or quiet or introverted, and I'm constantly, I think it's a life, life challenge uh, to work on having a little bit more of a voice, even though I teach that, you know, in the community, sometimes practicing that on my own is a little bit harder, even in a doctor's mm-hmm. office, as simple as yeah. that, you know, it's not like a big, huge thing, like saying no to sex, right. you know, exactly. but uh, yeah, so I think it's a constant practice of, of practicing yeah you know yeah and having somebody with you helps that too because yeah. then if you don't say it they will yeah 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 <laughs> yeah so i know some friends that would definitely be a voice for me for sure but yeah. you know sure. it, i would like to get to a place in my life where i'm confident <laughs> enough to speak up for myself <laughs> yeah. it will come like it will come that <laughs> being said so if they if they loved you on on this recording um, where can they find you? They can find me. So I'm kind of sprinkled around. Um, like I said, reps for recovery. So that's the number four reps for recovery. Um, if you want to get in touch with me, you can you can write me at Sophie at reps the number four recovery dot org. Um, you can find me on the old Instagram. I do have the life of sober Sophie. I haven't posted in like a thousand years. 
I'm going through a, you know, kind of like a love hate with social media and I'm kind of just taking a little stand back from it. Um, anyway, another <laughs> PSA. Let's talk about the effects of social media. Um, so I just creep on there watching positive things. And uh, so, so Sober Sophie, Life is Sober Sophie. Oh, you can find me, Sophmo, S-O-P-H-M-O-E 22 um, on Instagram. But the best part, the best way to find me is my dog's Instagram, which is Hemi and Miss V, the rescue pitties. It's just all dogs all the time. I think that's the best best social media account I have but you can also find reps for recovery on me on Facebook um, and like I said just lingering around around town if you have any questions about stuff um, sobriety any of that good stuff sex whatever you want to chat about <laughs> we can chat cool and if you want to write to Sophie or comment on all of this you can always email us I couldn't help but podcast at gmail.com um, and we swear on Chanel on all of our other social media and and that is that is gonna be it for us so um thank you so much sophie for being on the podcast thanks for having me and i'm sure we'll have you on again (laughs) Um, i hope so yeah so until next time remember always always wear wear a condom condom. Bye. bye